What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined by the man who's still looking for Corey Davis in the box score, <laughs> a.k.a. the Run DMC, a.k.a. <laughs> Mr. Dan McCall, he's still laughing about that one. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing well, Max. I'm doing well. You're right. Corey Davis, a, uh, a ghost, ghost on the box score of that one. But uh, the other fifth-year breakout I was calling a little Mike Williams still looking pretty good. So I'm hedging my bets on this whole thing here. One of them's going to do quite well, hoping to see both. But uh, I'm doing quite well. You know what? I'm, I'm excited to watch the game tonight. We got a little Monday night football, uh, Lions versus Packers. Uh, and I got a, a lot hinging on my boy DeAndre Swift. So I'm hoping that he can, uh, he can pull through for me here. Um, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Hopefully we see the Packers, you know, actually remember how to play football. And then the Lions uh, really lean on the run game for some reason, because I'm going to need that tonight. Hey, both those backs, both him and Jamal Williams look good in the receiving game too. So I'll take those receptions where I can get them. Seriously. But um, speaking of players to root for, Dan, I'm going to need you to tell the people at home the jersey that I chose to wear for tonight's show. Oh, man. Yeah, we're going deep tracks on this one. This is a deep cut. Uh, deep cut, say the least. We got Cordero Patterson, if you will, uh, who was a absolute superstar for the Falcons this past weekend. So come on. Hey, that's a great pick. Oh, my God. And it is a Cordero Patterson Vikings jersey from the early days. I did not <laughs> buy it in the early days. I waited. I think I got it on NFL.com for like $10. The sleeves don't really work that well, but um, I mean. Doesn't matter. Still repping it. It says Patterson on the back. It is. Uh, it is one of the deep cuts. And like you said, he might actually be the best running back on the Falcons right yeah, now. Yeah, ain't a lie. It's, he was looking pretty good. So, But let's jump into tonight's show. Before we get into some fun Superflex battles we got queued up, um, wanted to quickly touch on the tweet of the week. And this week's tweet comes from Mr. Ray GQ, Ray Garvin. And he said, Siri... Show me a bell cow RB. And Dan, who is the man dancing on the screen in front of you right now when Siri goes to fetch that answer? Oh, baby. King Henry. King Henry. What a freaking game. That was incredible. Uh, well, basically, his entire game was in the fourth quarter, I'm pretty sure, if you actually look at uh, the, the performance by quarter. But all the same, the man came through. Uh, and it was a fun game to be able to see absolute monster performance from the king and i mean he's really trying to make people like me that were saying you know six months ago you should be selling derrick henry right. in dynasty uh look like an idiot exactly yep he's the the tom brady of running backs apparently he's just gonna keep playing until he's 50 <laughs> we will see so let's jump into the heart of the show and i thought it would be fun dan to um really take a look at the most important position in football and if you play in a super flex league, easily one of the most important decisions you have to make on your For roster, sure. right? Yeah. So what I did was I pulled up fantasy pros, aggregate dynasty rankings for super flex and want to play a little this or that tonight. Awesome. So the first face off we have queued up is Josh Allen versus Dak Prescott. Now they have Josh Allen ranked at number four overall on their on their Superflex Dynasty rankings and Prescott comes in at number nine overall. Dan, how are you feeling about these two QBs? Do you have a preference? And do you think Fantasy Pros has this one right here? That's a good question. Cause yeah, both both of these guys, I mean, you saw um 
Dak Prescott start off really well uh, at the beginning of last season before his injury there. And then you saw Josh Allen, uh, we continually like to kid, uh, prove us a little bit wrong in showing that he could be a fantasy-relevant quarterback going on here. Um, but when I'm faced with the personal choice between these two quarterbacks, I'm going to go Dak Prescott. I'm going to go Dak Prescott over Josh Allen. Um, I am a big fan of in quarterback scenarios, being able to evaluate not only them as the quarterback, but the talent around them. Uh, I love me some Amari Cooper. I love me some CeeDee Lamb. Having a great proficient catch, uh, pass-catching running back like Ezekiel Elliott. And Tony Pollard's coming up in the... Uh, Tony Pollard looking, looks great. Looking really good. Um, so when it comes to that, I just I love the weapons he's surrounded with. I think I like some of the decisions that Dak Prescott makes on the field more. Um, which saves him on interceptions. So I think he he started really well in week one. Uh, I think he tapered off a little bit in week two, mostly because of a lack of touchdowns. Uh, I know it's just uh, he was trying to kind of find his route there, and it's mostly because of the running game. Uh, you had both Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott have um, uh, touchdowns in that. So as compared to Josh Allen, where I think some of our process that we had along the way of Allen's accuracy, he's been bailed out a little bit by some fantastic catches, especially by Stefan Diggs. Uh, and I'm just not entirely sure of seeing everything that I want to be able to see from Josh Allen that proves that he's going to be the quarterback that's going to continue with that franchise for a while there. But um, I'm curious, Max, what are, what are your thoughts on the, the battle of these two? I, I figured we'd be aligned on this one. Um, I would, if I'm clicking the draft button in the first round of a Superflex league, I am going to have a hard time pushing it on Josh Allen. I might trade out, right? Yep. Or, But, I mean, I'm definitely taking Dak Prescott over him. And I think what it comes down to for me, Dan, is – and I know there's some bad audio from us last year about Josh yep. Allen, right? We've made no secret about kind of kind of eating the receipts on that one. But I want to grab the guy that I think is going to age better as maybe his legs don't carry him like they used to and mm. – some of these mobile quarterbacks that make a career of trucking through linebackers in the early days, you know, I just would prefer the guy that makes the throws from the pocket. We know that he's a thrower first and a runner second, but yep. still gives you that rushing upside. And to me, that feels like Dak. And I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but I'm going to potentially double down on some of the bad audio and uh, dig my heels in a little bit on this Ooh. one. So, first of all, I think the process that we had with Josh Allen was correct, right? We were looking at traits in a quarterback yeah. that translate to long-term success. We're talking he was, like, outside the top 32 his first couple years in the league in, like, clean pocket completion percentage, exactly. you know, red zone completion percentage, stuff that these guys need to succeed and be the long-term answer at the position. And despite last year... I'm still not 100% sold that Josh Allen is the long-term answer, right? Yeah. I'm going to say, if I was a betting man, which I used to be, <laughs> don't bet anymore, uh, I would put maybe like 85, 90% of my life savings that Josh Allen's going to continue to be good. And I just put like, you know, a little 10, 15%, you know, benefit of the doubt uh, yep. for, for the, the right process that we had <laughs> exactly. in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... They both have good weapons. I think they're both in great organizations right now. Yeah. I just think for me, I have it flipped. I would prefer Dak um, for some of the reasons you just listed yeah. and because I still have some worries about Josh Allen. And and, and with this, I guess just that we, we do these things. A lot of people are post-startup drafts now, right? So in this type of scenario, 
I feel like still there's this perception of Josh Allen having more Superflex value than Dak Prescott. So in these types of scenarios, with that kind of process in play, our thought process is if we both agree that that's the case, you could probably try and trade your Josh Allen share in for a Dak Prescott plus X type of share. Uh, and that's sure. a great win in that type of scenario, right? I think if you and I are sitting on any Josh Allen shares right now, we're not, um, or at least I'm not, uh, then I think that's a move that we'd probably make. But that's kind of why we we walk through some of these things, because we both agree uh, it's a little harder during like a startup draft to be able to get some of that uh, value and kind of trade back. But if you're actually sitting on any shares, it's something for you to consider. And it's, it's a great secret of any dynasty league. The first year you're in the league and you can go into the sleeper app, right? Which is the only place you want to play dynasty. Correct. And you just pull up that draft recap and those numbers are burned into people's heads for the first season Absolutely. of dynasty. Sunk cost right? fallacy, man. A hundred percent that they were worth that when you drafted them and they will always be worth that. It is, it's, it's like, uh, they have uh, the saying with, uh, cars, right? As soon as you drive the car off the lot, it's lost like half of its value immediately. It's you can't use the price that you paid at the beginning to rationalize it over the course of time. You're going to have appreciation, depreciation, all that stuff. So keep, you always keep that in mind, and sometimes use that to your advantage, where someone's going to see that you drafted them in the second round and continue to assume that that's exactly where they should be. Yeah. So let's pivot to maybe more of a QB2 in Dynasty type of conversation. Fringe QB1, QB2. We'll see what the rankings say. But um, this one is interesting. So Joe Burrow, um, who has had some ups and downs right so yeah. far, yep. uh, to say the least, this past weekend, um, coming off the injury last year, versus Justin Fields. And they have Joe Burrow as the number 29 overall player in Superflex. Justin Fields a bit further down the list at number 41. Obviously, one of our sample sizes on the on these guys in the NFL is basically non-existent prior to this past Correct. Sunday. But how are you feeling about Burrow versus Fields? Oh, man. All right. So I love both these guys. Um, so this is definitely difficult here. If I'm, again, kind of forced to choose in this scenario, I feel like Fantasy Pros has this right. I am going to be taking Joe Burrow over uh, Justin Fields. Um, I think we have a little bit of recency bias we i love justin fields i think he's going to do fantastic but joe burrow prior to his injury was putting up fantastic numbers he's coming back from a very serious injury uh and he is lacking some of the offensive line support that he needs to be a little bit more comfortable i hope they find some way to address that potentially uh with a in-season trade of some sort or at the very least going into next uh next season's draft um, but this is where I'm potentially, uh, if I'm very close on these guys, leaning towards some of the assets that I think are going to be there for the long run for that quarterback to throw to. You have Jamar Chase, who I think we both agree is fantastic. T. Higgins uh, continuing to come into his own. Um, of course, my bias bleeding in a little bit. Uh, third <laughs> uh, was a wide receiver three. Having Tyler Boyd uh, in the slot is a fantastic thing for a, a quarterback to have, especially one who's probably looking to fire off uh, some quicker throws and know the deep ball. And then Joe Mixon, uh, a fantastic pass-catching running back. Um, if trying you to lure me up, in with the Joe Mixon <laughs> I know Exactly. I'm luring you in a little bit. Um, and then again, Justin Fields, when he's able to take the field, he's going to have Allen Robinson. He's going to have Darnell Mooney. He's going to have David uh, Montgomery. But I, I give the receiving options um, the the benefit of the doubt that it's I, I give uh, the Bengals the the um, 
the benefit of the doubt and being the better receiving core overall there. I love Allen Robinson. I just don't know if he's going to be there for the long, long term. It's been a lot of kind of back and forth of the will he, won't he. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, double down on the guy who I think the receiving weapons are going to be there for longer. I grade them out as a little bit better. Uh, and that's kind of where I have to stick for the time being. I'm, I'm not sold on this one. Um, I think that I they're far enough apart, right, that you could probably maybe get a round difference of them yep. in a startup. But let's let's make the question even harder. If I'm sitting there and I'm in the mid rounds of a startup and they're both right next to each other and I'm taking a quarterback, I'm taking Justin Fields. And Fair. he's two years younger, which in the grand scheme of quarterbacks, not a huge thing, right? Yep. The big unknown here is we haven't seen the NFL production. We saw really great flashes from Burrow last year, but in early career guys that are, you know, in the NFL, I tend to, and sometimes this is, this is to a fault. I've admitted this to you before. Yep. Maybe not on the show. Maybe via text <laughs> message. Um, I tend to hang around to these college profiles. Maybe sometimes I, I want to be right on these guys, mm-hmm. but maybe sometimes to a fault because Joe Burrow as the one year wonder that came out of nowhere yeah. and shocked the world. Um, it doesn't look so shocking when you see the success that Justin Jefferson had in his rookie year. Yep. What we're already, I mean, Jamar Chase three weeks ago was saying the ball's hard to catch, you know, and all of a sudden he's got a couple bomb touchdowns. So I think yep. he's going to be just fine in the NFL. Agreed. There was never any worry there. And we both love Terrace Marshall and CEH was a first round draft pick. Yeah. So a guy to me that, you know, Joe Burrow's super senior year at LSU um, felt little one-year wonderish to me, kind of the same problems that I have on the Zach Wilson profile sure. a little bit. Whereas to me, Justin Fields just checked all the boxes. Yep. He is what you want in today's NFL. He's a great decision maker. He has the mobility. His touchdown to interception ratio for his career is like 97th percentile, safe with the football. The The big question mark is we haven't seen him on the field yet, right? So yeah. I'm evaluating what not even a full season of burrow how many games did he play last year 13 or something i, I like think that? it was 10 i think it was 10 so so he's got 12 games and fields has one quarter yes of a game exactly uh i'm still taking fields i i think he is the better prospect and i am worried i'm concerned about the weapons that he might get surrounded yep. with and and the team structure but i am taking fields that's and honestly i i love uh the prospect of justin fields but Joe Burrow was actually proving he can be an NFL quarterback through all those games before he got injured. There was no questions at that point for me. Can this, can he play football in the NFL? He was, I think he had the most 40 point games uh, from a fantasy perspective uh, leading up to that injury for any quarterback. Like that's impressive. Like that's, I, I can understand your apprehensions where you're taking a look at, um, his college profile, and then he did a, a mediocre entry into the NFL. It's like, okay, yeah, no, it's not translating so well. He didn't have the weapons. He didn't have all that. He did that without Jamar Chase. He did it with AJ Green, who again is a fantastic receiver, but it was more the with ghost. Tyler Boyd. It was the, <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, but that's the only reason why I disagree in that scenario. Do I feel like it's going to continue to be close for both these guys? Yes, but that's kind of my one little counterpoint back to it uh, on why I'm taking uh, Burrow over Fields right now. So 
we wanted this to be a short show, but I want to keep this conversation going because there's some good counterpoints here. Um, Joe Burrow, right? Baker Mayfield comes in yep. his rookie year. And if I correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he sets the touchdown record I for a rookie believe. in only 13 games. Yeah. And kind of crashes back to earth, even with some potentially upgraded weapons in that offense his yep. second year. So the Burrow proved he could play in the NFL is certainly a valid argument. But sometimes when people get tape on these guys and and really know how to start playing against them, you, you kind of see them become yeah. human again when when they're the great unknown. For, so, for sure. Yeah. Counterpoint to your something. counterpoint. <laughs> Here we go. Let's go. Offensive Let's hear scheme, it. right? I mean, that's one other thing. You come and have uh, Stefanski come into the, the Cleveland Browns play to Baker's strengths and being a game manager, restricting um, his uh, need to make any like risky throws. Uh, and you had Odell Beckham not being able to uh, be in the game for uh, pretty much most of that season. Uh, you still saw Baker when they let Baker do his thing and they didn't lean on the run game so much, have a fantastically successful like week 10 on uh, as a fantasy producer as well. So that's just kind of to continue on that too, is I think sometimes you're at the whim of the scheme, but when they put him in the spotlight and gave him that opportunity, that was the Baker of old that we saw in his rookie season that was starting to blow everyone away. So I, I agree. I mean, there's, there's, a lot of context that needs to be taken into account there, but I think there's some reasons why I think you see Baker Mayfield after a rookie season like that pulled back a little bit and reined in a little bit uh, as compared to what Joe Burrow is, which is uh, a Zach Taylor offense that continues to be in the top third uh, for total passing uh, in the NFL. And and to even give you a point there, and then I'm going to make one last point and give you rebuttal. <laughs> All right. Um, I believe they led the NFL in neutral game script passing last year, meaning that just just all situations aside, yep. no matter what, they're leaning pass over run, which is obviously going to help Joe Burrow. That that is um, true. The thing that we the thing that we didn't really touch on too too much is the easy seven eight hundred thousand yard rushing upside of Justin Fields. Right, that, this is somebody who that is true runs a four or five. And I made the bold prediction last show that I think Jalen Hurts could finish as a will finish, not can, as a top five quarterback in fantasy this year. And it's because of the rushing upside. That is the one thing that if we start to see that they're going to utilize Justin Fields in that way, and that's where I'm taking Burrow until I start to see that that's the type of rushing upside that he's going to start to have, then absolutely. I can easily see this uh, being a case where we're talking about this in uh, like during week 12 uh, and revisiting this conversation and seeing how, how things have done it out. Well, let's move on to the last super flex face off because I have a feeling we're going to be aligned on this one, but I've been surprised before <laughs> fantasy pros has rookie phenom for interception thrower. Zach Wilson <laughs> is their number 63 overall player. Uh, meanwhile, the man we were just talking about Baker Mayfield listed as the number 71. So pretty close. Yep. Um, I believe they were right next to each other. If you stack them up in actual QB rankings, a little bit further when you include all the other players, but give me your take on this Zach versus Baker. Oh man. Zach was seeing ghosts. If we're going to borrow, uh, <laughs> uh, from another quarterback, Bill Belichick has that yeah, effect. He on has rookies. that effect on people, right? Uh, versus Baker Mayfield. Um, this it, personally for me, it's, it's no question right now. I'm taking Baker Mayfield. I actually, I did take Baker Mayfield in a startup uh, that you and I just did um, about two months back now, give or take, over Zach Wilson. Um, I I really believe in Baker Mayfield. 
I almost wish that they would continue to maybe lean a little less on the run game just for my own reasons to kind of show people that I really believe Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback, but I can't blame them one bit. They've got Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt. You're going to lean on that run game as much as you want because they are just a, the best tandem uh, running back duo in the league. Um, but what I saw from Baker Mayfield, and we touched on it just a little while ago, it was like week 10 on last season, he was just starting to put up some good numbers and remind people that he can make incredible throws. I think uh, we had some stats. He's definitely uh, in the top for money throws uh, for, for last season. He was looking fantastic. Uh, and I think... Uh, with his receiving weapons, if we get to see a little bit more Odell finally making it onto the field, I think you're seeing moderate numbers from Baker Mayfield right now, but I think we're going to see him start to explode a little bit. As compared to Zach Wilson, who I, I've i always had the hardest time kind of pegging where I had him uh, in this class for quarterbacks, and he tended to be on the back half, but I think it's unfair to be putting up against like those really really good guys like a Justin Fields that we love and I think after this game it's exceptionally hard to sing his praises um but to bring it back to the point of Bill Belichick can expose rookie quarterbacks like or even just young inexperienced quarterbacks um so I almost like personally see this as a great little buy low window for someone who's scared of like that's who Zach Wilson is I don't believe it is I believe that you're going to see Elijah Moore continue to be worked in uh and be the stud wide receiver that we believe that he can be I still believe that Corey Davis is a fantastic uh, wide receiver to be able to throw to. And yeah, he didn't have the box score to be able to, to really show that because Wilson was all over the place. And the Patriots defense is going to do that to you. So in a nutshell, I mean, to return back to the or original point of Baker Mayfield, I'm going to be taking over over Zach Wilson. Uh, and it's good by a decent margin. But I will say that personally, I think Zach Wilson's a little bit of a buy low after such a, a bad week. <laughs> I saw a great tweet, um, not available on Sundays. There's a picture of Chick-fil-A and a picture of Odell Beckham right next to <laughs> Oh, gosh. So, yeah, seriously. Baker, certainly not working with all his weapons, and I should have written the numbers down before we jumped on the mics, but I'm pretty sure he went 19 for 21, and that was basically Jarvis Landry was yep. out of the game. Odell Beckham didn't suit up. Baker such a young breakout so prolific at oklahoma yeah um pretty much checked all the boxes sometimes you and i differ on what we want to see but he was somebody coming into the league that we both agreed like this guy has every ingredient that says he should be a stud correct and then he's got a you know a rocket strapped to his arm um zach wilson i think i i won't you know take a lot of time with this Kind of got a little bit of that Joe Burrow one-year wonder vibe, mm -hmm. right? Although he came into the league at a much younger age than Joe did, where he didn't really put everything together until this past season. And that needs to be put under a microscope as well, because we've talked about this before with the incoming rookie class. It was all conference play last year, yeah. right? So Zach Wilson in that conference, it's not like he's throwing up, uh, throwing up four touchdown games against Alabama or Georgia. I mean, he was playing against some... Low-level competition. For sure. Had a fantastic offensive line. And it's Baker here for me. Easy. Yep. Easy. 10 times out of 10. And, you know, I'm not 
saying I'm overreacting to Zach Wilson's four touchdowns. You see plenty of guys that go on to have great careers struggle early, but it was always going to be Baker. This Sunday didn't matter. That's exactly right. That's regardless of what we saw this past weekend, this was going to be the answer for both of us regardless, but um, didn't help his case after this weekend. So before we get out of here, I got to round out the quarterback position with a Dan favorite. So one of your favorite players, you talked him up. I mean, you called him the steal of the draft or (laughs) one of your favorite steals in a a startup we did. And I just got to do a little check-in with you on the Jameis coaster. How are we feeling about Jameis Winston right now? So I'm overall still feeling good about Jameis Winston. Um, I, in many scenarios am feeling like, and it's hard with the past, uh, two, this past week, there was two interceptions there, um, that were not great to see, but he across the board, um, he, he he doesn't really have too many weapons right now. Right. So I think for him to be able to put up what he did, uh, for week one, and let's kind of recap that week one versus the Packers, uh, went 14 for 20, 148 yards, five touchdowns. Fantastic to be able to be able to be that um, aggressive in the red zone and not like immediately screw it up with a bunch of interceptions. So I really like seeing that. I want to see more yardage out of that. But still, for him to come out with the confidence that he had, I was I was glad to see. Week two versus the Panthers, though, well, that was a that was a rough game for him. Um, not too much more on the passing. I mean, he went 11 for 22. Uh, 111 yards, but then two interceptions, able to pull it back with a one rushing touchdown, which is fantastic. But this is a game where pretty much everyone struggled. Kamara included was not uh, not doing too too great there. So to to wheel it back a little bit, I believe that Jameis Winston is still working off some rust from uh, sitting for a year, but he is in a great system with Sean Payton, who I think is going to be able to get the very best out of him. He's not playing with Traquan Smith. He's not playing with Michael Thomas. Uh, So what I've needed to see out of him without having fantastic uh, receiving weapons beyond Kamara as a a pass catching running back and our, our uh, hopeful um, breakout guy with Mark quiz Calloway, who's also gone a little dark as well. The saints are Saints are kind of struggling to find their identity. And I think um, they have to go into this next week with a little bit more confidence, but I still believe that Jameis Winston is operating. Even if you kept all things equal, so long as Sean Payton keeps him, this is the type of stuff that still made him a, uh, a top five uh, fantasy uh, quarterback a couple years ago. Like he needs to be able to just put some, uh, decisions out there uh, and be able to get some of those long bombs that made us so impressed when we saw him in the preseason when he was just sending it right down the line over to uh, Marquez Callaway. So it's it's been a, a, a tale of two cities a little bit with that week one, week two, even though like kind of when you look at the box score, it's not too different besides those interceptions uh, and the touchdown totals, right? The yardage, the the total uh, percentage completion, all those types of things. But I'm I'm still rooting for him, and I still have high hopes that he's going to be uh, a, a, a good fantasy asset for people this year. So we forgot to mention this. Fantasy Pros has him at 111 behind Carson Wentz at 93 and behind Sam Darnold at 110. That's, is, is he good there? That's Are you disrespectful to me. No, he needs to be in front of those two. Wow. He needs Sam to Darnold's be, looked good. Through Sam Darnold weeks. did look good. He really did. Uh, I, I, I thought I, I was very impressed. Carson Wentz. No, I, I'm not, 
I'm not letting Carson Wentz sit there and sit on his glory days of like four years ago uh, that he was this fantastic uh, quarterback. Jameis Winston did it like two years ago, <laughs> but, but I, I continuously just see, I don't know. I just, I, I think Jameis Winston uh, is, I want to root for him more than Carson Wentz. And I don't think Carson Wentz, I, he, he like broke both of his ankles this past weekend. So <laughs> I, I, I like that Jameis is more resilient. He does have, um, and he has a lot more weapons that are going to be coming at him real soon. So. You, this is this is where I I wish sometimes we were a video a visual show. Maybe show someday because because hey. I'm eating a W e- eating right a W now. baby Dude, oh I'm, man I'm in the middle of eating a W but I got a few things to add before we wrap this Let's up hear. so because I know how much you love Jaboo um I I had to watch every single snap from week one as soon as I saw his fantasy points I was like I got to dig into this <laughs> so I can lay into Dan on the next show so through the third quarter. He only had 85 yards passing. Yep. And he tr- he really, I mean, listen, I'll take fantasy points wherever I can get them, but he only threw four touchdowns. He got credit for, it was like one of those jet sweep touch passes yep. that's basically a handoff to Alvin Kamara. So really only threw four. I had in the third quarter, throws an awful pick into, I had double, and then I had to cross it out and write triple after I watched the replay coverage, but he gets bailed out by a BS roughing the passer call. Um Almost underthrew Juwan Johnson, who's a big man, by the way, on a busted coverage, barely made the throw. That one resulted in a touchdown. It was a good play by Juwan Johnson. That said, you always take the good with the bad because he had a fantastic rainbow of a deep ball to Deontay Harris, yep. who anytime you can root for these, uh, I think he was Assumption College, Dan, Deontay, oh, Hall, baby. Deontay Harris. Love those small school yeah. guys. But with Jameis, you take the good with the bad. Um I will put you on the spot and say, you know, not just you and your dynasty teams, but for our listeners right now, if they can trade Jameis Winston for a reasonable return in Superflex leagues, are you making that move or do you really think he's going to keep eating W's? I'm 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 holding. I I need to see him with Michael Thomas, in my opinion, and that's that's going to be that you're going to have to wait until 2022, nine, something like that. So of 2022, uh, uh, Michael Thomas, oh, okay. hey, he's gonna, he's going to be fine. He's going to come back. But um, but yeah, honestly, I my thoughts are that you've definitely seen Jameis Winston's value uh, rise from where you drafted him because a lot of people you it was the uh, will he start won't they won't he start uh, with Taysom Hill also there I think now that you started to see him um, be the starting quarterback its value's risen a little bit but probably not to the full level where you'd want to be able to see um, in Superflex I. I'm going to be waiting to to see if I really landed on someone who's going to be able to take his career to the next level as uh, as a true NFL quarterback again, or if I'm sitting back and he turns him back into a pumpkin, I'm, I'm not going to be sad about it. I don't think you're going to get the proper value for um, his ceiling by trading him right now. And I think you're even going to be potentially bailed out a second time if you do want all off this roller coaster and believe me sometimes the Jameis Winston roller coaster is exhausting um but we have a club we meet every Wednesday uh we just watch tape every (laughs) every Wednesday cry at the interceptions uh uh, cheers at the touchdowns but it's he's a fun fantasy player to own I don't think you're going to get full value out of him and I'm personally not trading him until you see him with Michael Thomas ladies and gentlemen that's the show I have nothing (laughs) to add to that Dan summed it up perfectly. So you heard it here. Hold Jameis Winston. Those are Dan's words. Those are my words. But hold Jameis Winston. So, (laughs) all right, man. 
That's uh, some good super flex battles, like we said, especially, I mean, I'm not in any leagues that aren't super flex anymore. So that it, the QB position becomes way harder to value in Dynasty For and sure. a lot more important. Um, and so we want to help everybody at home make the right decisions. So getting out of here for today, this is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>